where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, you know, it's pretty funny to watch the uh, the Democrats on Twitter in Helena. They're just freaking out. They're freaking out about everything. They cannot. I mean, the, the Republicans are on a roll in the state legislature in Helena. Just delivered a billion dollars in tax relief, over a billion dollars in tax relief and tax rebates uh, for the state's residents. Such a big tax relief package that the Associated Press was even forced to finally include a story about it in their Montana News Minute. I'm surprised they're actually reporting real news out of the state capitol. That's amazing. Did somebody get hired or somebody get fired at the AP in Helena? Because, yeah, they're actually sharing uh, some of the good news out of the uh, the state legislature in Helena. But, uh, yeah, uh, tax rebates, tax relief. Uh, one provides up to a $1,250 tax rebate for individual income taxpayers and up to a $1,000 property tax uh, rebate over the next two years. So the two bills combined, according to the AP, could total up to $3,500 for a couple living in their own home, you know, depending on how much they paid in taxes. So uh, so there you go, real relief for real people right here in Montana. And then you know what the governor was touting yesterday? I got to go into my uh, Twitter page here. Oh, this is what the governor was was touting 13 hours ago on Twitter. Today, we delivered record funding for our K-12 public schools. Proud to work with Representative David Beatty to put Montana students first. And it's funny, you can see you can see the Democrats and the liberals on Twitter complaining and trying to mock the fact that uh, Republican Governor Greg Gianforte was announcing record funding for K through twelve public schools. That one's really gotta irk them, doesn't it? That's really gotta tick these Democrats off, right? Because uh, they, they claim they're the one that supports teachers after they told you teachers, shut up and wear your mask, <laughs> right? Just shut up and teach this critical race theory. What? I, tell these tell these minority kids how awful life's going to be and how they'll have no opportunity in life. Teach them to be victims. Teach them to hate America. And, yeah, those little white kids, yeah, you tell them how horrible and evil they are because of the color of their skin. What? So just shut up and wear your mask, teachers. Shut up and wear your mask. Uh. The union has your back. The Democrats still love you, though. Don't worry. Democrats still love you. Democrats still love you. Just shut up and wear your mask and teach the kids to hate America. <laughs> but Demis still love you, though. Demis still love you. Uh, yeah, it's really got to irk them uh, that uh, the Republican governor is touting uh, record funding for K-12 through public schools and uh, also supported more uh, school choice programs as well. Uh, and so anyway, yeah, big, big week in the Montana legislature. There, there, there were so many things flying on Twitter. This bill passed, that bill passed, this is passing, that's passing. But uh, some of it was only on second reading. Some of it maybe didn't pass on third reading. So, man, we're, we're really going to need somebody to help uh, break down some of this for us here. And uh, and we'll have more information to follow here in the days ahead. But I I think we've already got a uh, an update from Jeff Lasloff with the Montana Family Foundation. I thought he had the best summary out of the state capitol of all this entire week. We played that for you yesterday. So uh, so we'll uh, we'll share Jeff Lasloffy's update from the Montana Family Foundation here uh, later in the morning as well for you right here on Montana Talks. Here is your Montana news. Law enforcement officials have seen an increase in gun crimes in the state, driven by drugs and mostly by teens and young adults. 
Q2 reported from a press conference Wednesday that in 2012 there were 63 crimes involving a firearm. Ten years later, in 2022, the number was 167. Billings Police Chief Rich St. John identified the perpetrators most often involved as 13 to 22-year-olds who either steal, borrow, are gifted, or obtain the firearms from the home. The federal and local program Project Safe Neighborhoods identified methamphetamine as the leading cause of Yellowstone County's violent crime. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see some sunshine and some developing clouds around the area today with some snow showers possible in the Bozeman area. Otherwise, high temperatures will stay from the upper 20s in Bozeman to around 40 in Billings. For tonight, still seeing a few snow showers possible towards Bozeman early. Otherwise, staying partly to mostly cloudy lows from 9 above in Bozeman to 19 in Billings. The outlook for Saturday does call for partial sun and some cloudiness. High temperatures ranging from the lower 30s in Bozeman to the lower 40s into Billings. On Saturday night, chance for snow showers into the Bozeman area and accumulations less than an inch. Otherwise, lows to about 14 there and then lows to about 23 in Billings. On Sunday, light snow is likely with around an inch expected in the Bozeman as well as into the Billings area. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Paul Frombley. Follow in this man's baby steps and you too can give your debt-free screw. All from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man, I forgot how how long ago was that. I uh, Let's see, how long ago was that? Remember when Jon Stewart got on uh, Stephen Colbert's show? What is the, Oh, yeah, The Late Show is what Stephen Colbert is on. Thankfully, our producer, Travis, titled the the audio file here uh, with the name of, of Stephen Colbert's show. Because otherwise, I, I wouldn't tell you. I'd be like, is it late night? Is it... Late, late. Is it the Tonight Show? I who even knows anymore, right? It's it's kind of like, you know, it's none of those late night shows are are what they used to be. Just like Saturday Night Live isn't what it used to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, earlier this week, you know, when when uh, the Department of Energy came out with their uh, their report pointing the finger at the Communist Chinese for COVID nineteen coming from the lab in China, it was of course natural uh, for John Jackson and I on Tuesday's show to joke about it yeah you remember the old uh john stewart clip when john stewart uh, showed up on stephen colbert's show and john stewart basically schooled his former understudy stephen colbert for, for those who don't know who john stewart is john stewart is is very left-wing he's big-time liberal but he was funny any conservative would tell you holy cow john stewart john stewart was funny and, and I think a lot of conservatives like were like, man, I wish we had somebody like him on our side uh, because he was influential and his show was powerful. And uh, but I'd also say this about John Stewart. He was a, he's always been a big supporter of our troops, big supporter of our first responders as well. But uh, but anyway, yeah, when when there was this whole question of, well, did where did COVID-19 come? Did it come from the lab in China? Uh, it was very obvious that that it was that it was likely that that the coronavirus 
virus came from the coronavirus lab in China. But anyway, John Jackson yesterday he uh, he sent this out, which was a nice uh, a nice throwback Thursday. Uh, he, he he shared this uh, uh, this video from when uh, when uh, he was on Stephen Colbert's show, and I'm trying to think when that was. God, that had to be way back in like. 2021 or, or something like that. But uh, Jason Howerton says, you know, sometimes it just takes a comedian to say the thing that is so glaringly obvious to anyone who doesn't worship at the altar of their political gods. And so this is when, and you could tell Stephen Colbert was trying to trying to silence Jon Stewart. He was trying to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. And Jon Stewart kept going. Then it sneezed into my chili, and now we are... Oh, let me, let me back it up just a little bit more for you here. All right. Look at the name. Can I... Let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait a second, wait a what about this? What about this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. Oh, that could be. Gee, gee you think? Gee, you think? Anyway, when uh, when John Jackson uh, tagged me in that uh, old video from uh, on Twitter from uh, from John Stewart when he was schooling Stephen Colbert, who's just been a mouthpiece of the Democrat Party, a mouthpiece basically of the Communist Chinese. Uh, it's I, I was playing the clip so many times uh, at the kitchen table, and my uh, my wife was working in the other room. She's like, "Oh, you just can't get enough of that." I was just dying laughing. Every time I played it and played it again and played it again and played it again, I need to go find an old photograph. Uh, you know, back in uh, uh, 2004, I think it was, was it 2004. Yeah, back in 2004, I actually got to uh, got to meet John Stewart. I was uh, I was uh, working as a runner. I was just a college kid and I uh, was working as a runner for NBC News for the Today Show. And so our job as the runners was to, you know, we were inside. I was I, I worked the Democrat and the Republican conventions that year in Boston and New York City, respectively. And and so our job as runners was, OK, the producers would come to us and they'd say, all right, hey, here's our guests on the show today. Uh, uh, hey, Aaron, uh, you go grab Al Sharpton, uh, uh, you know, Michelle, you go grab uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, whatever. And I literally did. I, I had to go escort Al Sharpton in. And that was pretty funny. That was pretty entertaining. Uh, I don't even think I told him I went to Howard University. It would have been funny just to get his reaction on that one. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so so then one day they're like, uh, okay, guys, uh, here's who we need you to go pick up today. And they're like, all right, Aaron, go grab John Stewart. And I'm like, yes. And everybody else is like, ah, oh, come on. I wanted to go pick up John Stewart. And uh, and he he was he was cool. He he's just one of those everyday guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, in fact, the, the, although he you know, pulls up in a limo with his Comedy Central team 
and and you know right out front of the what was it the fleet center is that the was that the uh, the arena that we were at in in boston and it was just cool because you know we're going through the the secret service were the ones that would do security for big uh in in presidential election years big political conventions like that and so you know all the secret service guys you know they were all serious okay put your keys put your phones in the bin you know before you go through the metal detectors all of a sudden they see johnson like oh man you know they just they turned into like college kids seeing one of their favorite football players so it was fun to hang out with him but even even afterwards you know as he was talking with the today show crew you could tell he was like okay uh hey can we get the audio from you hey put it up here on this uh sat beat and then our technical guy will do this this was a guy who wasn't only funny but he he you know he was a worker uh and and he worked hard you could tell why he rose to the position that he he rose to but uh yeah maybe uh Maybe Stephen Colbert should have been taking a little bit more notes. And on their staff with over 100 years of experience, 2450 King Avenue West online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get monitor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. He's life. He's liberty. He is Mark Levin. And you can hear him each weekday afternoon starting at 4 on News Talk 103.3 at AM 970. It's time for your Daybreak Ag Report. You're listening to the Western Ag Network. I'm Haley Shipp. Thanks for joining me here on this Friday. A timeline that's making many in the industry uncomfortable. Remember that BSE case in Brazil that we talked about last week? DTN is reporting that more than a month passed before authorities in South America's largest country actually reported the case. The 35-day delay is being called unacceptable by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. They add that it's in clear violation of World Organization for Animal Health requirements. And the popularity of at least the discussion around carbon markets has been gaining speed, drawing sharp criticism from some and questions from others. One of those inquiries from farmers and ranchers who have already adopted carbon sequestration practices and are looking towards the voluntary markets as a way to capitalize on those is this. I did the work. Now the market has shown up, but it's built to reward improvements in stored carbon. I can't show that jump up in stored carbon compared to somebody else who is starting at ground zero. To get an answer to that reservation, I spoke recently with Dr. Jeff Goodwin, director of the Texas A&M Center for Grazing Lands and Ranch Management. That is a sticking point for more, most of these stewardship-focused, uh, early adopting producers that, are, that have been sequestering carbon for, for, for decades. And we've really got to come up with some innovative strategies to help uh, offset that, uh, you know, I think we're going to struggle with getting a functional market if we don't address the early op- adopters. Those are the producers that we want in the program to help tell the story. And so we have to find a functional way to get around that, that additionality issue. 
Now, if you want to take a deep dive into this topic, and I mean a deep dive, Dr. Goodwin was part of a three-hour discussion recently held at the Society for Range Management's annual meeting discussing just this. Watch it yourself at westernagnetwork.com. At VSEF Cattle Company, they focus on the female. And if calving ease and good dispositions are traits you'd like at an affordable price, be at the Glasgow Stockyards Monday, March 6th. VSEF will have 55 Red Angus composite yearling bulls, 50 red bred heifers, 70 heifer calves, and 30 short-term red cows. Lunch at 11.30, sale at 1. Details at glasgowstockyards.com. That's VSEF Cattle Company, Monday, March 6th. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. Meet your standards of excellence. Plant Westbred. Performance may vary. In a written letter to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency, officials from Nevada, Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah say the cold temps and persistent snowfall have made it difficult for producers to truck livestock in and out of grazing areas. The group asks for flexibility and innovative ideas from the FSA perspective that could expand eligibility and use of emergency programs to provide relief. And state legislators from across the region continue to have eyes on foreign ownership. This morning, the news is out of South Dakota, where one bill that passed would require ag landowners to report whether their businesses are owned by foreign entities to help to tally how much land is owned by foreign countries. I'm Haley Ship, Western Ag Network. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. Oh, before I started going into that uh, throwback conversation about John Stewart, used to be the host of the Daily Show uh, on Comedy Central, and you know I played the clip of where he was basically mocking uh, all of these folks in the mainstream media, all of these folks on the left who refused to even ask the question of whether or not COVID nineteen came from the coronavirus lab in China, and and just how absurd it was that people wouldn't think that that is a natural question to ask right and not only, but it's not only that the the media hacks and the the mouthpieces on the left wouldn't even ask the question it's they they wanted to silence you for asking the question they wanted to sh- uh, shout you down for even asking the question back then uh you know and w- we laugh about this clip where john stewart was uh, was you know joking about oh there's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near hershey pennsylvania what could it be why what could it be uh, could it be the chocolate factory in hershey pennsylvania right i mean he just perfectly just uh laid it out on that one but what we what we don't when we look back on that clip we all we all thought it was hilarious we all laugh about it we don't realize the hate well actually we probably do realize the hate that john stewart received because it's the hate that that we all received whenever we were questioning this nonsense but he really received some hate mail from his liberal buddies over that one because because it was one of their own 
who was uh, speaking uh, truth to power. It was one of their own who was calling out their BS. It was one of their own who was calling out their nonsense here. Uh, the DailyWire.com, that's uh, Ben Shapiro's outfit. They have this headline here uh, by Joseph Curl. How dare I? A vindicated John Stewart, who long ago declared COVID came from the Wuhan lab, rips critics. Yeah, it was in June of 21 uh, when he uh, when he had that that joke on Stephen Colbert's show. Uh, he, he, anyway, Stewart was on a, a podcast this week where he said, you know, first of all, uh, I wasn't waiting on the Department of Energy to weigh in on this. Uh, and, and then he said this. He, he said he pointed out uh, that he was doing what humans do, pondering. He wondered why the virus came from a place where there just happened to be a laboratory studying coronaviruses like COVID. Uh, he, he added this. He said, quote, the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for our political allegiances as it arose from that. Uh, anyway, yeah, so so he he tells this joke about how obvious it was that, that COVID-19 could have come from the lab. All of a sudden, he's getting called a racist. They, they're saying that he's racist against Asian people. How dare you align yourself with the alt-right? So what his liberal buddies were telling him is, John Stewart, you, you, know, you can't be right about something. If you are right about something, well, well now you're, you're aligning yourself with the right. You're aligning yourself with the conservatives. And uh, even if they're right, you, you can't align yourself with them. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Chris Foster. Prosecutors in South Carolina are asking for a life sentence without parole for Alec Murdaugh when he's sentenced this morning for murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. It was extraordinarily quick. 75 witnesses, 800 photographs and exhibits, but yet the jury needed less than three hours to reach its verdicts. Alec Murdoch was immediately handcuffed at that point and led from the court. No obvious signs of emotion on his face. Fox's Jonathan Hunt. People in East Palestine, Ohio, confront a railroad executive about a toxic derailment a month ago. Some saying they'd move if they had the money. This has touched my finances, this has touched my home, and it will touch me to the cellular level when I get diagnosed with cancer, ALS, or whatever. An official with the Environmental Protection Agency was booed, saying the air and water have tested safe by people who just don't believe her. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, uh, and now the same people who were standing up to the COVID insanity are the same people standing up to this radical transgender agenda insanity as well that's going on right now. Have you guys seen the the photo of this guy? Uh, Where is this teacher at? This guy was like a shop teacher. Uh, Goes by the name Kayla Lemieux, a transgender Canadian teacher who wore... Z-cup prosthetic breasts. Uh, so, uh, Z, any, uh, uh, ladies, I'm not going to ask you this, but uh, not B-cup, Z, as in the letter Z, Z as in zebra, Z-cup size uh, prosthetic fake breasts this guy was wearing in a in a, a shop classroom in Canada. And you, you had this just this prolonged battle that was going on between parents and the local school board. The local school board was saying, oh, no, no, he can he can wear these gigantic oversized. These things were so big, you couldn't fit them in an overhead compartment.
compartment. If you were getting on an airplane, they're like, sir, you're going to have to check those. Sir, you're, you can curb check them and we'll give you a little tag. But yeah, those aren't going to fit in the up, uh, overhead compartment, sir. It's ma'am. Uh, well, apparently this teacher has now been placed on leave. Uh, the DailyCaller.com has this headline. Trans teacher with giant prosthetic breasts placed on leave. Uh, and which, which leads me to... Uh, Another audio clip that I want to play for you here this morning, uh, Ron DeSantis. I think this is great that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is uh, is going on a media tour across the country uh, and uh, and touring various cities. He's he's basically promoting his book, but I think a lot of people also see it as, hey, this this could be a potential White House run as well here. But when it comes to this this woke nonsense that's going on right now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. This was the headline from FoxNews.com chastises Republicans who act like potted plants in this woke ideology uh, fight. So I, I love the way he refers to these, to the people who are standing on the sidelines right now in these crazy times that we're living in, these people who are not standing up and, and speaking out and doing something about this insanity that is ripping this country apart right now. And he, he refers to those Republicans who are sitting on the sidelines as potted plants. It's a great line. Uh, he also made a, another good point, which is he, he says there is a big anti-woke majority there is a big anti-woke majority and that ties in with what with what david noble had to say yesterday you know the legislative democrats in helena keep pushing the drag queens on kids they keep pushing the radical transgender surgery agenda for kids you've even got the the montana medical association put it, pushing this radical dangerous uh, transgender uh, surgery agenda targeting kids but you notice there aren't any real big-name Democrats that are really, really trying to speak out in support of it, right? Because they know how unpopular it is. So, in other words, they're the potted plants of the Democrat Party. They've got potted plants, too, in case you didn't know. Reporting from the Montana Legislature, I'm Eleanor Smith. A bill requiring special training for public defenders who represent children in abuse and neglect cases passed the House of Representatives Wednesday on a vote of 98 to 1. Under the bill, public defenders would be required to get any training necessary to learn how to talk to the children and help them navigate these cases, cases that the bill's sponsors say can ultimately determine a child's future. House Bill 555 is sponsored by Republican Representative Jennifer Carlson. She said at the bill's initial hearing that House Bill 555 goes hand-in-hand hand with another bill passed through the House that would require all kids who have to go to court get a public defender. These attorneys need to be qualified in in areas of child welfare so that they can provide the best representation for children for the best outcomes. Beth Brenneman represented the Montana Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence and spoke as a proponent of the bill during the initial hearing on February 22nd. It's the essential piece that has been missing to ensure that children really get a fair shot in the system. So we would support this bill. These particular requirements are very good, and they speak to the fact that most attorneys really aren't well-trained to represent children. We just don't learn that in law school, and it's different, and especially when they're in very difficult situations and traumatized, it is difficult to figure out how to communicate with them. So the training to ensure that people know how to do that is very important. The bill passed third reading Thursday. It will now move on to the Senate. 
This legislative update is brought to you by the University of Montana School of Journalism, the Montana Broadcasters and Newspaper Associations, and the Greater Montana Foundation. On Wednesday's Montana Talks, we had a great question from one of our listeners. Okay, the legislature and the governor are going to deliver tax relief to Montanans, but will we be taxed on the tax rebate checks? On Thursday, we had the answer. Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. That's one of the things I love about this show. Even if we don't have the answers, our listeners do. Plus, we got lawmakers that will reach out and fill us in. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk statewide 9 to 10. This is where Montana Talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, Joni Mitchell, you guys, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Reagan 80s kid, so you, you guys who, uh, got a few years on me are gonna have to fill me in. Does Joni Mitchell have good music? Is, is she a good artist? Good, good band to listen to? Uh, I mean, I know the name, I just, I'm not familiar with any of her music. I did some searching this morning. And I was looking it up. I was like, what songs is Joni Mitchell known for? Uh, and then I saw, oh, Big Yellow Taxi. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, Big Yellow Taxi is counting crows from the 1990s or the early 2000s. I, I thought they had a better version. I listened to a little bit of Joni Mitchell's version. I was like, ah, I like the counting crows version better. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not trying to offend anybody out there if you're fans of Joni Mitchell. I just, uh, that was the question I had in my mind because earlier this morning I saw uh, this story. So, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden and uh, congressional Democrats, they've, they've been on a retreat They've been on a retreat, kind of like their foreign policy, right? Uh, they've been on a retreat here. Where did I see? Oh, here we go. This is the headline, foxnews.com. Uh, more than a dozen Democrat lawmakers apparently have been at a Maryland retreat. Biden was speaking at the House Democrat Caucus Issues Conference in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, and uh, let's see. <laughs> so anyway, so let me just. You know, paint the picture for you here as if we were sitting at Woodstock uh, listening to a Jody Mitchell concert or something. But so the Democrats are all in Maryland. They're all at a retreat. This is their chance to hear from their president, especially if you're a House Democrat lawmaker and he's focused on House Democrat issues. The president of the United States is there to talk to you. To a, just a handful of you, right? <laughs> and apparently a bunch of them didn't even show up. They went to a Joni Mitchell concert instead. That's right. More than a dozen Democrat lawmakers reportedly skipped President Biden's speech at a Maryland retreat Wednesday night to attend a Joni Mitchell concert instead. Biden spoke at the House Democratic Caucus Issues Conference in Baltimore. But while the president was touting his record to a room full of Democrats... Multiple others were watching Mitchell uh, receive the Library of Congress's Gershwin Prize at the DAR Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. Uh, so, so there you go. They were at a uh, they were at a Joni Mitchell performance instead. Oh man, talk about a slap in the face uh, to the President of the United States 
of America. But I don't know. Like I said, maybe there's somebody out there who are Joni Mitchell fans. Travis, do you know any Joni Mitchell songs? Uh, uh, let's see. I'll see if Travis knows any Joni Mitchell songs. You don't feel like you have to play them, though. I don't I don't want to offend any of our listeners who are like, oh, what is that? Oh, turn it off. Turn it off. Uh, all right. Uh, Florida Governor, phone lines are open, by the way. If you know any Joni Mitchell songs or anything else, we got the phone lines open for you. 406-294-0970. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I love the way he called out these Republicans that are sitting on the sidelines in the midst of this culture war debate and this radical, insane agenda that the Democrats are pushing uh, and the media is pushing in America right now. Uh, I love how he referred to them as potted plants just sitting silently in the midst of this big debate. But he made a really good point. He was on, uh, let's see, what, what's the uh, program on Fox News with Bill Hemmer, Martha McCallum, is it America's Newsroom, I think. Yeah, anyway, it was on Fox News, and he was talking about how there is a big anti-woke majority all across America. You mentioned the, the, the strength of your economy and what you think you've been able to do there in Florida, and you have a lot of results. When you look ahead, do you think that somebody like you as governor could then maybe run and take that blueprint and make Florida's model uh, resonate across the United States? Well, I think there's a couple things from the book that I point out. One is, you know, we were really going against uh, elite opinion on a lot of the things we were doing. The corporate press, the left would attack us. But we were taking on issues that had broad resonance across party lines, parents' rights and education, fighting the woke ideology and woke indoctrination, standing up for law and order. It's one of the reasons why I actually won a lot of single moms in our election, uh, because we were doing that. So I think there's a strong anti-woke majority uh, out there across the country, and I think that's one of the reasons why Florida stories resonate. I also point out we had a specific approach to leadership where I didn't take a poll my entire time as governor about issues, I wanted to lead, I would produce results, and I was confident that people would back me if the results were good. Some, so many elected officials get captive to the polls when really a leader's job is to lead public opinion and get out in front of it. And then I think the second thing that we did is we had personnel working for us who believed in the mission, and anybody who didn't, if anyone tried to leak or do anything, we got rid of them. And really, for the last four years, I didn't have a single leak in my administration. And you could have the best vision in the world, make the best decisions as the executive. If you don't have people that will carry out that and implement it, uh, then it's not going to amount to very much. Uh, so we had that. So when I would come out and announce our next step, people could take it to the bank. That would be executed quickly and the results would follow. All right. Yeah. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making the rounds. I think he's in Texas today uh, touting his book as well. But, uh, yeah, that was actually Dana Perino who fired that question his direction. The Wyoming native Dana Perino, who was in the uh, the uh, George W. Bush uh, White House. Uh, speaking of this, this woke insanity and the woke mob and the woke nonsense, I saw this story. Uh, Fox News Radio will probably have it for us here later this morning as well here. There's a Christian school. That has, you know, boys dormitories and girls dormitories, bedrooms for boys, bedrooms for girls. Nothing shocking about that, right? Oh, but no, the federal government is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't you can't have this type of segregation. You can't have 
Bedrooms for boys and bedrooms for girls. The small Christian school does not allow women and men to share dorm rooms or showers. But the Department of Housing and Urban Development's non-discrimination rules requires it to do so, even if it's a religious school. Legal fights over gender are popping up all over the country. A Catholic bookstore in Jacksonville, Florida, is suing the city over its expanded human rights ordinance requiring businesses use customers' preferred pronoun. Since 2021, the Biden administration has directed federal agencies to enforce rules prohibiting sex discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. HUD, the Department of Education, even the Food and Drug Administration have been involved in the ideological bouts, which puts thousands of religious schools in the crosshairs. Yeah, the woke insanity and the woke mob. I uh, got a couple of messages that came in on our Montana Talks app here. Uh, right on John in Paradise Valley says this. The Democrats will be frothing at the mouth, from the mouth, since they are going to lose uh, the drag queen uh, shows being directed at minors, if I heard the news correctly this morning. So, yeah, the the uh, the, the bill to protect uh, minors from these drag uh, queen shows uh, apparently has, has been moving forward. It's uh, right on. John says the Democrats are just going to be, you know, frothing at the mouth uh, over this one uh, because, boy, they, the Democrats are all about the drag queens re- reading to the kids. They're all about the drag queens targeting the kids. But record funding for K through 12 schools, they scoff when the governor touts that. Over a billion dollars in tax relief for Montanans, they scoff at that. It, you know, we need to do the game where we rewrite the headline for the Democrats to support it. Uh, governor gives tax credits to transgender uh, uh, individuals. Governor gives tax credit to LGBTQ people. Governor gives property tax relief to LGBTQ folks. I mean, it wouldn't be a wrong headline, would it? See, when you give we the people our money back when you give the people their the, you know, a chance to keep more of their own money <sighs> gay people get to keep their own money lesbians transgender whatever the heck the q stands for the ia all everybody Amazing how that works, isn't it? Isn't that just amazing how that works? You know, if the Democrats were writing the tax code, they they would do what they actually are doing. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to give grants. We're going to give cash payments. They're doing this in in liberal liberal cities now. They're giving cash payments to homeless people, like $1,200 a month. Here you go. But only if you're a transgender homeless person. If if you're a, a straight homeless person you don't get the cash you have to be a transgender homeless person uh to to get the cash that's <laughs> just like what a freaking joke what a freaking mockery uh that is taking place in this country right now uh evan in belt sent me a great message last night as well he sent this on our montana talks app you can send us a message on the montana talks uh, app as well he says he took a buddy of his out to lunch is this Joni Mitchell? What song is that? Uh, <laughs> took a buddy of his out to lunch. They walked into a restaurant. Fox News was on the TV. I'll tell you what happened next uh, right after the break here. You're going to put people back to sleep. Wait, is she singing about ice cream? Did she sing about ice cream? Joe Biden should have been there if she was singing about ice cream. Instead, the Democrats ditched him to watch her. 
Morning Expresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The fact that they didn't go after Hillary for deleting those emails and and using bleach bit and destroying those devices. That special treatment, that wouldn't happen to all of you listening to this program. I promise you, they actively put their thumb on the scales in 2016. Even when the FBI in early October 2016 went to Christopher Steele, said, here's a million dollars if you can corroborate your dossier, he couldn't collect because he couldn't corroborate. By the end of October, even though he couldn't corroborate it, and they used it as the bulk of information in a FISA application. And remember, it was Deputy FBI Director McCabe that said, well, if we didn't have the dossier, we wouldn't have gotten the FISA warrant. And nobody was held accountable. The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. I want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen, but it can, and it's people can steal your home. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you But Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation, uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to Home Title Lock 3404 Gold. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man. I, all right. I got to type up this uh, tweet here real fast. Uh, oh, George Blackard in the house as well. Very good. Very good. Uh, if Joni Mitchell was singing, Travis and I were joking because he, he played that Joni Mitchell uh, uh, song, much to our chagrin. Would that be the right term for it? Anyway, he played that Joni Mitchell song because uh, congressional Democrats skipped out on a speech by the president of the United States because they wanted to go to the Joni Mitchell concert instead. And the song that uh, Travis Travis, he came in, he said, that's the only Joni Mitchell song I know. Uh, Both Sides Now was apparently the song that he played there as the bumper music before the last break. I was like, did she really just say something about ice cream? So now I'm sending out a tweet. If Joni Mitchell was singing about ice cream castles, uh, Joe would have skipped out on his own speech. All right, let me hit send here for a second. Uh, There we go. All right, it's out. Now we can get back to yapping with you here. Let's get into the legislative update here. Uh, Jeff Laszlo at the Montana Family Foundation has been providing just incredible uh, information and updates from the Montana Capitol. Key deadline is today. Here's more. And just like that, the Montana Capitol is transformed from the equivalent of a bustling Grand Central Station to something more closely resembling a morgue. That's because legislators have completed two days of marathon floor sessions. After voting on hundreds and hundreds of bills, the votes have been tallied, and the survivors move forward into the second half of the 2023 legislative session. Now, legislators are leaving town on their mid-session break. Some legislators are rejoicing. Their favorite bills have cleared a major hurdle. They survived the great culling, also known as the transmittal deadline. Others are licking their wounds. Their favorite bills died, and some of those are wondering why they even ran for public 
public office in the first place. For them, it's a combination of frustration and exhaustion. As we said before, the past two weeks has been a mad scramble to get bills out of drafting, past the committee hearings, through the first house, and over to the second house before the clock strikes midnight tonight. In reality, the deadline was actually Tuesday night when committees stopped meeting for the first half of the session. After that, there was no chance for a committee hearing, and no hearing means no floor vote. As of tonight, hundreds of bills are probably dead. We say probably because nothing is ever truly dead. In this process, with enough votes, anything can happen. In 2009, a teachers union lobbyist told me that they once named one of our bills Lazarus because it kept coming back after being killed three times. Many of those licking their wounds are freshman legislators. They just had their bubble burst. Many of them came into this process starry-eyed and full of irrational exuberance. They love everyone and look forward to working with everyone in a bipartisan manner. They have their bills which they love, and they're sure everyone else will love them too. Then, irrational exuberance runs head-on into political reality. No one shows up at the hearing to support their bill, but there's a long line of opponents, most of them agency bureaucrats, there to explain why the bill is unworkable. A few days later, they get the word. Their favorite bill has just been tabled by the committee. It's not technically dead, but it is on life support. Then looms the transmittal deadline. Time is running out. They have to get the bill off the table and onto the House or Senate floor. None of the committee members are willing to make the motion. The clock is ticking. But there's another option, a blast motion. A special motion made on the floor that allows the House or Senate as a whole to pull a bill out of a committee and bring it before the full body. In this case, the freshman makes the motion, trying to convince the body that the committee made a mistake. In rare instances, it works. In the vast majority of cases, the bill remains on the table in the committee and the legislator sits down, having had his bubble burst, but learning a valuable lesson and becoming more politically savvy in the process. Which brings us to today. The legislature has adjourned and legislators are rushing home for a much-needed one-week break. The bills that failed to make transmittal are now probably dead, and all eyes are turning to the second half of the session. In the meantime, we'll take a break as well and begin these broadcasts again on Monday, March 13th. Remember, for a bird's-eye view of the bills that we're watching, you can go to the Legislative Bill Tracker on our website at montanafamily.org. All right. Thanks to Jeff Lasloffy with the Montana Family Foundation for providing that update. Uh, yeah, how many bills uh, made it uh, through the halftime deadline? I've got those numbers. Go to montanatalks.com, or if you've got the Montana Talks app on your smartphone, you'll see it right there. George Blackard's Freedom Friday. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Coming up. About 10 minutes after this Fox News update.